Hi, I'm Eve. I'm a sex worker and owner of Apothecary Soporificia, which I will spell at the end. For years, I suffered from crippling anxiety, which created stomach, bladder, and sleep issues. Being wary of prescription drugs, I began experimenting with herbs and divination. After eight years of formal study, self-study, tarot, reiki, psychedelic medicine, and exploration of spirituality, I decided to open an apothecary to offer back all of my knowledge to others. I only sell what I am very familiar with. You can find all of my products on Etsy at S-O-P-O-R-I-F-I-C-I-A dot Etsy dot com and use code I-L-O-V-E-S-W for 20% off. You can email thehardwitch at gmail.com to discuss all of my divination services. Thank you. everyone welcome back to another episode of stripped by sia your podcast for strippers sex workers and all the fancy naked people in between i'm your host steph sia aka kimchi on stage good hey good luck guys you can actually good luck um good news is what i meant sorry i'm like post flu brain right now um you can catch me on stage this month um in a couple weeks actually i'll be dancing at the end of the month at whiskey richards in chilliwack which is if you don't if you're not from the lower mainland in vancouver you will not know what that is but in case you happen to find yourself in that neighborhood i will be dancing there on the 28th as well as uh i think march 2nd so please come out uh support your girl it's been quite a few months off of dancing but i'm excited to get back um in addition to that, I'm also an OnlyFans creator, uh, like digital sex worker. I'm also a cam model and stream as well. And I also was a sugar baby for many, many years, which was my start in the industry. If you are brand new here, you will know, or maybe you won't know, I will tell you what the show is about. This show is all about sex work and destigmatizing the industry and, and humanizing sex workers as well. And I do that by educating folks, by bringing each guest lived experiences on the show every single week. This week is no different. We will be talking about sex work and disability. I acknowledge it's been a while since we've talked about that. The last episode was with Go Ask Alex, so it's been a long time, maybe a season or two. So I feel like now is probably another good time to chat about that um, with our esteemed guest. But before we get into all of that, couple things I want to say here. Hello um, for uh, new people, old people, um, new fans, old fans. Um, just want to say hello to all my Patreon subscribers. Um, again, thank you for your support over the past couple years. Um, just want to say hello uh, in terms of your support goes a long way. Um, they say the Patreon does help support me going to adult industry events like the AVNs, um, which I went to at the time of recording was just a few days ago. Um, <laughs> and that is ironically where I got sick and caught the AVN flu, which is has not been treating me well this week. But here we are. I'm going to power through this interview and we're going to do great. Um but yeah, that's where um, all your money and dollars are going through there. So we have tiers uh, starting at $4 a month. Um, and then we have like tier one, tier two, tier three with various different benefits. A lot of them 
including a lot of bonus episodes, which are not now available to the public anymore. Um, you can kind of get some sneak peeks on who's coming onto the show and ideas um, for future episodes and seasons. So feel free to check it out. It's patreon.com slash stripped by Sia. And speaking of higher tiers, I do want to say hello to uh, all those who are on the top tier. We got Snoo Snoo from Germany. Got Justin Erickson from Washington. We've got Geyser. We've got Red Door Products. Hello, Dan from Seattle. We've got Selena Money, Moxie Mayhem, Eric Rajo, B. York, also from Seattle area, McKenna King from Edmonton. Again, thank you so much for supporting. Uh, it truly does mean a lot to me, and your contribution does go a long way. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Also, if you have been a longtime listener of the show and you haven't liked, rated, or reviewed the show, now is probably a good time. You have the opportunity to do that on Spotify um, and or Apple as well. I do read all the lovely reviews that you guys say, uh, whether they're good or bad, but I would love for you to do that. That really helps um, more folks access and find the show. So if you haven't done that yet, now is a good time. So please like, rate, and share the show. Uh, share it with your folks, share it with the networks. That would be, that would mean so, so, so much to me. Thank you so much. Um, trying to get this down as, as short as we can, which I have done that under four minutes now. Um, as I mentioned, this week is all about sex work and disability and, you know, why this might be a, a feasible choice for those who might have disabilities. Um, and today, who will be speaking me speaking with me and joining me on the show is Clover, who is a New York City-based uh, full-service sex worker, um, also a filmmaker and world traveler, and also suffers from disabilities as well. So I'm very excited to bring Clover onto the show to share her story and, and chat about all the things with me today, and hopefully you will learn a thing or two. She's patiently waiting. Clover, are you there? I am. Hello, Sia. Hello. It's so nice to finally meet you, and I'm so excited to chat with you today over the next hour. Um, I also would love – I have done a really brief kind of research slash stalking you online in terms of like what I think I might know about you, but I always like to flip the mic back to my guests. So I would like to flip the mic back to you, and if you'd like to give yourself your own introduction, say anything that I might have missed, um, feel free to go right ahead. Okay. Um, hi, I'm Clover. Um, I've been in the industry for over 10 years now. Um, yes, full service. Um, also do uh, production for different types of videos. Um, and I also like to read and play video games. Hell yes. And as a lot of us do, which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> And yes, we will be talking about about you today. Like this episode is about you. Um, the audience is usually very curious about how does one get started in sex work or how, what was your story? Um, if you feel okay going into that story, maybe it's a good time for us to chat about that. <laughs> sure. Um, I like to refer to it as my origin story. Um, also being a comic book nerd. Uh, <laughs> so um, my origin story uh, actually – so this is the second time I've lived in New York City. Um, I just moved back in October after being gone for nine years. Um, and yeah, the first time I lived in New York City is when I started. Um, I moved here with a guy who I was seeing for a long time. And that relationship didn't work out. And the job I was at wasn't working out for me. 
So I left both of them and um, was trying to make my way in life being a nanny. <laughs> and, oh, what? Um, yeah, I'm really good with children, but um, I just, they decided to tell me last minute they didn't need me anymore. They had family coming. Oh. Um, so I had a week to make my rent and I was like, well, fuck, I need to make my rent. So um, I went on Craigslist. I found an ad for a massage parlor and I... I had been in like the sex party world for maybe six months. So I was just like, fuck it. Like I can, I can do that. So I went to um, the interview and I'll never forget. The woman looked at me and she said, Oh, you could be a high end escort. And at the moment I was just like, I don't know what that means. Do I have the job? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I had the job. Uh, (laughs) But, so um, I worked at a massage parlor for uh, maybe about six months. Um, and uh, for those of you who don't know, a massage parlor in our industry means a rub and tug. So um, so that was my, my very beginnings. And then about six months in, I met a woman at an open mic sex night. And she she told a story about fisting, and I was super interested in that. So I introduced myself to her, and we got to talking, and she was a full-service sex worker. So she uh, took me under her wing and was like, why don't you quit and just travel with me? Um, So I did. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) And unfortunately, that relationship didn't last for very long for for a lot of reasons but um I am super grateful for her because she had been in the industry for 10 years at that point and she did give me a lot of knowledge that would have been difficult or painful to otherwise obtain so um lots lots of gratitude to her for that um yeah so I started independent about a year after I started sex work Um, and yeah, since I just, since I learned how to tour, uh, I toured a lot. Um, and that kind of led me to, um, activating my disability. Mm -hmm. And can you share what your disability is with the audience as well? If you feel comfortable? Yes. Um, I have fibromyalgia. I was diagnosed in 2018, but I've definitely had it for a lot longer than that. Um, Fibromyalgia is a very strange disability because it encompasses a lot of things. And doctors don't really know, like, what's the cause, um, where it comes from. It could possibly be genetic. And for my case, I think it is genetic. Other family members of mine have it. Um, and it tends to be triggered by episodes of stress, um, or, uh, trauma. And in my case, it was definitely stress <laughs> from traveling so much. Um, some years I was gone for eight months of the year. So, um, yeah. Wow. Touring? Yeah, not necessarily touring. A lot of it was touring, but some of it was also vacation. (laughs) Yeah, you got to sprinkle in a little bit of leisure in there. Yeah, work hard, play hard. 
fibromyalgia, um, a, a good basic description that I can give is that the pain receptors in my brain misfire. So um, if I'm having a flare up, um, it, things will be very painful very quickly. Um, have you ever heard of the princess and the pea? Yeah. Yes. The sleeping the, uh, thing with the mattresses and then like, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. So it's a fairy tale um, where they're trying to find the princess and they put a, a pea, the vegetable underneath a hundred mattresses. And the girl who can tell where it is, is the princess. Cause she's so sensitive and dainty and whatnot. <laughs> um, so that's me when I'm having a flare up. Like, uh, oh, wow. yeah, if the sheets are crumpled underneath my body, it hurts and I can tell exactly where it is, um, like putting pressure, like more pressure on certain sides. Like if I'm sitting on one hip more than the other, that will hurt. Um, I have a lot of skin issues and sensitivities, gut issues. Um, uh, there's this thing called brain fog that happens sometimes where, you know, you're just like not very functional um yeah so it 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 affects me a lot in my day-to-day um life but um i have been working on getting healthier actually since covid Uh, (laughs) covid was (laughs) my wake-up call yeah yeah i got healthier um and uh, i do a lot of things to manage so Mm. most days i actually can like live a normal life now. Um, Good. I'm glad to hear yeah, that. Yeah, w- yeah, because like in 2019, I uh, I was doing really rough because I thought I'm gonna I'm never gonna be able to, you know, live life the way I used to. But um, mm-hmm. now I do. Uh, I work out often. Um, I am on a super strict diet for my gut. Um, I do uh, supplements for anti-inflammatory thing uh, supplements. Um, I also do Chinese herbs and acupuncture, which mm-hmm. I, I attribute a lot of my progress to. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Wow. I have so many questions for you, Clover. And thank you so much for for sharing that, too, and, and especially because if people are listening. And, you know, I also have some chronic illnesses as well. Like I have like eczema and vitiligo and alopecia and like a lot of like chronic illnesses that are also triggered by stress, which like does not help anything because I'm like you get stressed out and then like you get a flare up and then you're like you're trying not to get more stressed out, but then it just keeps growing and it's, it's very frustrating and hard to manage sometimes. So I understand to a small extent, not to the same extent as you, especially when there's like so much physical pain and, and sensitivity to that. I can't, I cannot imagine that. But um, we are going to go into details about some things as well. I am going to rewind back a little bit too because I also have <laughs> some questions and comments as well for, for yourself in terms of your entry and also uh, your disability. Um, so I guess from the timeline um, – when you were working or when you started in the industry, did you already have fibromyalgia as well or like something that you're um, keeping at bay or? I've definitely had issues my whole life with like skin sensitivity um, and gut issues. Uh, I think I had it. I've had it for like my whole life. 
but um, it didn't really get bad until 2017. Mm. And what, and can you like elaborate on like what do you mean by like getting bad? Like was there some incident incident that happened to you or something that like came to a head at that point during 2017 if you feel comfortable sharing or Well, really 2018 is when it was like really really bad. Um and it wasn't anything particular that happened. It's just um uh, I I forgot to mention one of the things also that happens to me with fibromyalgia when I'm having a flare up is I feel like I'm getting the flu. Like mm, it's no. that overall crummy, warm, gunky sense of feeling. Um, so that that on a day-to-day basis is hard to deal with when you're trying to live a normal life. You're trying to like go out and do things, but you have no energy, you feel like shit. Um so in 2018, um I had planned like a four-month tour. And I remember that tour started and I was just like, what have I done? Why am I doing this to myself? I hate no. this. Yeah. Oh. And I I kind of had a, a bit of a breakdown. Um, funny enough, I went to see a woman who did Reiki and I never had it done before. And it went mm. really, really well for me. And this was maybe like three weeks into the tour. And it gave me like a whole new mindset. And I was like, I can do this. You know, I can get through this, but I'm not I'm not going to do something like this again. Um, right. So it was just it was just a really big struggle every day, like getting out of bed and doing all the things I need to do, traveling, um and i remember i remember in like early 2019 after i'd been diagnosed um and i was like scaling back my life um i would just cry sometimes because it was i was so used to being very productive and very active and having to like realize that if i wanted to feel better i couldn't do these things anymore i needed to slow down and like take the time to care for myself um that was really difficult as someone with add who Mm. usually bounces off the walls so i had to learn to physically step back wow that's really challenging and like it can it can be a very drastic lifestyle change because it sounds like, yeah, you've been in the industry for over 10 years and you started off like in the industry from what it sounds like just touring um, because like, I don't know, maybe I'm just making an assumption, but like you start off touring because like that's potentially what your mentor was doing and that's like kind of your start. So that might have been, and correct me if I'm wrong, like that might have been like the only way you might have known and stuff too. So trying to yeah trying to change change your life and slow down is actually really hard to do especially when it's like the go 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 and the hustle culture is kind of ingrained in you if you know what i mean so when this was happening um cuz you were pretty early on in your tour you mentioned um did you have to cancel your tour cancel any bookings or and and also just talking about that topic, when is the moment where you feel like, okay, I actually can't go on any further and I actually have to stop and, you know, say no to these bookings? Um, I didn't that. cancel the whole tour. I did 
power through it. Um, I'm what's known as a tank, which is probably what got me in this position. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so I'm really good at powering through a lot of things. Um, but there were instances where I did have to cancel and, um, I try to cancel as soon as I can, just like, like I want enough heads notice. I, I give them a big, uh, as big as possible notice of, as I can. But, you know, when I, when I'm really struggling, like, mentally and physically to like get up and get ready that's when I know like I I just can't do this or or if if it's just uh, yeah sometimes the crummy warm feeling is just so overwhelming uh, usually at that point but like I said I try to give as much notice and if I do cancel on clients same day I I give them you know a little extra time the next time I see them just to as my way of saying Hey, like, I appreciate you. I'm sorry. Um, so yeah. Uh, what was yeah. the second question? Oh yeah. And just to, in terms of like, like, how do you know when is the best time to cancel? Because like, I know for a lot of us, um, especially like when I was younger, when I was doing sugar baby stuff, like for me, the money was so tempting and having that like money being dangled above your head and, you know, like I would, I would, back in the day, sacrifice um, a lot of my own personal well-being um, because I was like, no, I need to make this money for whatever reason it was like 10 years ago when I started. But like um, juggling with that feeling, like when when is the moment for you to be like, this is not worth it. I need to prioritize my health. That when I'm, I'm like I'm trying to ask for when I'm just dragging, you know, <laughs> when, yeah. yeah, I'm just dragging my feet. Um, cause fortunately and unfortunately for me, I'm not super money motivated. Like yeah, I like that the can money. be a good thing. It can, but sometimes I'm like, Oh no, I, sh- I need to actually work too. <laughs> 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 um, so yeah, like, especially when I'm like in a comfortable place, I'm just like, ah, fuck it. You know, the money will come yeah. another time. Like yeah. I got to take care of myself first and foremost, because I'm the one who got me in this position. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like I would say like, or I wouldn't say, but I would not ask you, um, maybe versus you when you first started or like maybe what first when you were first diagnosed with fibromyalgia, um, were you maybe more um, wanting to push yourself through these hoops to make more money or like how about like in versus like yourself now, um, are you better now at taking better, better care of yourself? Um, so what I'm trying yeah. to say, I'm trying, yeah. If I'm like, do you I understand? I understand. My brain is yeah. also off right now. <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> for me, um, <coughs> I was pushing myself way more before I found out what was going on. Um, mm. And once I found out, because I said a family member of mine also has fibromyalgia. So um, I've grown up with it. Um, and um, so for me, it was once I realized like that I had to change everything uh, that was the defining moment for me. And I just, I did, I did change. Cause I knew, I knew it would only get worse if I didn't. Um, and I was 28 
no, 27, 27 when this happened. Um, so that's like a, that's a pretty young age to have to completely change your whole life. Um, but what was, oh, forget the second question too. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. You're totally fine. And you're doing great, by the way. It's just, I cannot <laughs> formulate sentences properly today because oh, my okay. brain is also like, <laughs> my brain is fucked up right now. <laughs> brain fog. <laughs> brain fog. Exactly. We're both doing great. Um, no, you answered the question. It was just me talking a lot. But okay. <laughs> I do have questions as well, too, in terms of like um, when you're first diagnosed and when you also found out that, you know, this might be a hereditary thing, like it ran in your family, um, having to change your life around and having that having that dangled over your head, how did you feel – emotionally during that time i'm always oh, curious to see how people yeah, are feeling I was, <laughs> I was pretty rough um i would cry sometimes because yeah it, it was just a whole upheaval of everything i'd known um i was pretty pretty depressed as well uh did a lot of mushrooms to to make my peace with my lot in life <laughs> which definitely helped um it helped me form a different perspective I also got on like um the fibromyalgia subreddit and and the support was great but it also showed me that my case isn't actually that bad compared to a lot of other people's um so I I mean I can still walk I can still like do a lot of things um that some people cannot. So uh, it made me realize, even though this sucks, I'm also very fortunate. And if I take start taking care of this now, I won't be in as bad of a position as like my family member or like other people. Um, so it was, it, it definitely showed me that like hope wasn't lost. Right. Yeah. And I guess that's definitely like one good thing about Reddit because <laughs> Reddit can be a freaking crazy place sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I love Reddit, but it's also a total nightmare. <laughs> I, it's a, I agree with you. I have like a love-hate <laughs> relationship with Reddit. It's just like it's great for those like pockets of like, you know, very niche things that you need to find out stuff about and like community but on the other side the toxicity oh, God. <laughs> that lives on a platform <laughs> is traumatizing <laughs> oh yeah yeah I do love like being able to go into like the sh- the like nerdy shows or or anything that I'm like super into and like discussing it with uh, other people very very in depth but yeah then you make a post on 2x and you just get all this hate mail from from like incels so <laughs> <laughs> very accurate <laughs> yeah I'm going back to you Clover so um Luckily, sex work does provide a lot of flexibility um, in terms of work, especially for those who are disabled. Um, are you able to kind of elaborate on that and why this might be a, such a great career choice for yourself? Yeah. So um, as I've said, I got into this after my disability came about. Um 
And like first and foremost, as someone with ADD who's on the autism spectrum, it's a great job for me just for that because um, I don't really live well on a normal schedule. Um, I kind of all over the place and it enabled me to be like that. Um, but also as someone who's worked in the service industry a long time before I became a sex worker, it was very freeing to have the autonomy to tell a shitty customer to go fuck themselves. Yes. <laughs> and, Correct. Yeah. And be like, well, I'm not, I don't have to work with you. So bye. No. Um, <laughs> but as, uh, as I later got the disability, uh, sex work has been really great for me by just being so flexible. Um, like, uh, a lot of my clients know and understand about my disability. And like I said, I'm very, I try really hard to be as like uh, upcoming, like forthcoming about if I need to cancel and doing incentives um, if I have to cancel last minute. Um, but it, it just provides such great flexibility for my life. So if I wake up one day and I am feeling like a dumpster fire, I can just say, hey, I'm sorry. Um, can we reschedule? Um also, since I do filming, um, that like if I'm having a, a shitty day, um, but I can sit at my computer and edit, it still allows me to be productive um, while maybe not physically doing much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does provide uh, that balance too. And I think that's another reason why like sex work is such a great you know, career choice and chosen profession for so many people because of the flexibility. Like that is such a uh, a draw for for why this works for so many, and especially and even more so for those uh, disabled folks too. That you know they can actually maintain and not feel bad because you know with traditional nine to five, it requires you to most of the time. I'm just using a generalization here, but like requires you to be sitting at a desk for eight hours and makes you forces you to talk with your coworkers that you might not <laughs> enjoy very much. <laughs> but also um, the, the um like the 9 to 5 work culture is even now post covid still they still have a lot of mindset of like oh you're sick still come in and work. Yes, which I freaking hate. Like it's it's so toxic. Like they still I remember, like, and I haven't been in the corporate world for maybe about five years now, but yeah, it would be almost like looked down upon um, if you're using a mental health day or people like, oh my God, why are you sick? What what are you sick with? And people asking invasive questions like that or like, or even like when you chose to like work at home, like, are you really working? And that kind of questioning is just so gross to me. (laughs) Not great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, going back to, um, you know, dealing with your, with your disability and incorporating that, um, and being open about that with clients. Can you talk to us about like how to navigate that conversation? Cause I know that must be tough for so many people, especially when you're first starting out and still trying to feel things out and not offend anybody, but also like still wanting to retain your customer base and stuff too. But how do you personally navigate those conversations? Um, I, I have the, I don't give a fuck mindset 
so much. Perfect. So, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, um, if people like, I, I talk about it pretty freely, um, on my website, I've actually done, uh, two other podcast interviews about this issue. Um, it's been a few years, but, um, I, I, I feel like it's probably on my website too. Um, so I'm pretty open about having a disability, um, I, yeah, I, I, I suppose for me, because mine's a air quotes, invisible disability, um, it, it makes it easier and harder, um, like easier in the way that I, uh, I'm not like stigmatized based on my look, but also harder because I don't look sick. (laughs) Right. Um, Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I want to talk to you about that as well, too, because, yeah, there is a lot of – there can be a lot of stigma um, within people that suffer from invisible disabilities because, as you mentioned, you, quote, unquote, you don't look sick, right, you know, to folks, and people don't know what you're going through internally. So having to try to explain yourself like that can be so – exasperating how do you deal with situations like that besides not giving a fuck but (laughs) (laughs) usually I don't give a fuck um but yeah like um like I've gotten on the train before and having a flare-up I have three suitcases with me I don't want to lug it upstairs on the train um and I come by that like the instructor comes or um constructor comes by and uh, they're, they're like, oh, you need to move. And I'm like, well, no, I actually have a disability. And also I have all this luggage. Like, can I please just sit here? And they'll just give me a look like, oh, okay, it's really about the luggage. I've never had anyone actually challenge me, but I still, like, I can still see it. Like, they don't believe me, which I don't care. Like, it's fine. But um, it's also, like, it it's like do I need to wear a big sign that says hey I'm just I'm disabled um like you can't see it but I'm always in pain (laughs) and you know um so that can be kind of challenging as for people people like in my personal life um everyone knows because I do talk about it a lot I do try to share um you know if I'm having a rough time um because of that, like people, people can't see that I am suffering. So, um, like my friends want to know so they can accommodate me or, or even just like give me a hug, you know, to try to help me make me feel better in the moment. Yeah. And it's it's so great to be in a position where you can openly communicate that and, you know, being comfortable enough to do that. Cause I know there's, with disability, there's a lot of stigma that can come with that. And being a disabled sex worker, just like another layer upon another layer upon another layer, which can make times challenging and, and difficult and uncomfortable. Um, so it's, it's really great to hear that you have a good support network around you, Clover. Um, I just want to make one comment. I think, sure. uh, I think the reason why I'm so open with it is um, like I grew up with more than one disabled person in my family um, with differing disabilities. Um, 
like some of them very severe. Uh, so in my family, it was just normal to talk about, you know, how they were feeling or in the case of the severe ones, like what they need or even like explaining it to outsiders because um, his disability was quite severe. Um, so for me, it's just uh, it was normalized before I knew I even had a disability. Right. Right. That that does make a lot of sense for sure. And talking about like um, with your clients, and I, and I think it is written on your website too, if I can recall correctly, um, does that maybe attract clients that are, are disabled as well too because you've already openly stated that? So I guess therefore – clients would actually feel a bit more comfortable with you versus someone who isn't disabled? This is just a theory yes. that I have in my mind. Yes. yes. Okay, great. Um, yeah, let's talk about talking, that. Yeah, talking with other sex workers, it does seem like I have a lot more clients with disabilities um, because I, I am very open about it on my website. I do uh, I do cater to those with disabilities. I actually offer a discount as well. Um even, even though, like, some disabilities are more physically demanding for me than others. Um, I offer the discount for several reasons. Uh, one of them is a lot of people with disabilities um, are limited in their income by the government. Um, so the government tells them you can only have X amount of money in your bank. And if you have more than that, we'll take away your government assistance. Uh, which is super fucked oh, up. Oh, really? Yeah. That is so fucked up. Yeah, it's very fucked up. Um, I had no idea. Yes. Uh, so actually, I do allow payments in installments for that reason, uh, because for some people, it's just better to send me a bit of money at a time to keep their bank account under that amount. Um, I, I So the discount is actually based on as a time discount, um, not a money discount. So... Um, people with disabilities also tend to need just a bit of extra time. Um, and, um, I have, I have a lot of clients with disabilities and like most of them are super wonderful, awesome people. Um, because like the struggle that we have to go through, it either makes or, or breaks you. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you mentioned that you you have encountered like um, with your clients like various disabilities across the board. Do you want to kind of go over that as well? Sure. Um, I have seen clients with uh, muscular dystrophy. Actually, um, this particular client is my longest standing client, and he wrote something for me to read later um, about our relationship and how yeah, sex work um, improves his life. Um, also I've seen clients with dwarfism, um, clients with, um, I had a client who was in an accident and, um, paralyzed from the neck down. Um, yeah, that was, that was, that was rough for both of us, but I'm really glad I could be there for him. Um, I've also had clients, uh, with cerebral palsy, um, with neurological disorders, um, missing limbs. Let's see. I th 
there's probably a few others that I can't remember, but I have seen, yeah, like a a broad, a broad spectrum of people with disabilities. Um, and usually if someone emails me and says, Hey, I have this disability and I don't know much about it. I just do research like, okay, how, how can I, um, show this person with their issues a good time, like by still being mindful of their, their, their plight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's so important too. Cause, um, I had another episode way back in the day. What was it? season three? Um, and there's a whole like, um, fetish as well in terms of like for disabled folks. I can't remember the exact term. It's like, again, my brain is just not happening today. Um, but talking about that, like in terms of like accommodating clients with disabilities, because you have seen a range, like a complete range uh, for for folks. But how how do you navigate that and and deal with a certain degree of care? Because it also does come with a certain degree of care that mm-hmm. you should be able to exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, some cases are more extreme than the others. Um, I do have some clients where I physically have to help them out of their wheelchair, either by means of me, like actually pulling them onto the bed or like a pulley system. Um, Mm -hmm. so actually uh, I, I'm fortunate that I do have that family background in care of an extremely disabled person. So I, I feel pretty comfortable with doing it. Um, usually they're very good at communicating their needs as well. Like if they need me to do something, if something's not working for them, um, that's really great, but, uh, it can be, it can be physically more demanding sometimes, which is fine. Uh, I don't mind putting in the effort, extra effort for them because like when it comes down to it, a lot of people don't see people with disabilities, especially like extreme physical disabilities as mm-hmm. human beings with sexual needs. Yes. Yes. And that was the point that I was supposed to make. But again, my brain went somewhere else. But this is exactly where we're going in the conversation. Chloe, <laughs> you're amazing. Um, but yes, this is a really great point to make is, um, yeah, disabled folks are not uh, seen as sexual beings or um, – I know in the conversation that we had before with the other podcasts that I did was that they are almost denied any kind of like sexual gratification. Can we talk about that for a little bit if we have time? Yeah, I have plenty of time. Yay. (laughs) Yeah, let's, let's chat about that. Like in terms of like, you know, folks not being seen as sexual, like how, how do you, how do you deal and how do you, how are you able to accommodate um, these clients? Um, well, I treat them just as any other client in the way that, um, like when I first meet someone, uh, I like to get to know them a little bit. And then I like to have a talk with them like, okay, what do you like? What do you not like? Um, what do you absolutely hate? Like, what should I completely avoid doing? What, what should I do? Is there anything you want to do? Um, and then I just go from there. Uh, you know, sometimes there are physical limits. Uh, so sometimes like I'll help, help them along. Like, you, you know, what man doesn't want to grab 
your ass while you're riding him. So sometimes I'll take, I'll take their hands, you know, and like physically put them on me so they can still experience, um, like a, a meaningful sexual encounter. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Do you think there's like a big difference, um, with your clients that are non-disabled versus the ones that are disabled? Um, in what terms? Uh, in any term. The, the um, question is well, open. <laughs> yes, yes, because yeah, um, yeah because pe- the people with disabilities, um, I, I have to make more accommodations for, um, be more mindful uh, sometimes of their body and space or how it's positioned because uh, some of the some of my clients can't even move themselves. So, um, like I, I am just making sure that they are comfortable at all times. And like with, with normal clients, like I am still providing that, but, um, you, I'm not as focused on it because they, you know, have freedom of movement, uh, ease of access to do things. Um, so yeah, it's a lot more, uh, being cognizant of the person with a disability and like how they relate to space and how I relate to them in space. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense for sure. Um, in your experience, um, for those, like there's a lot of obviously folks that are disabled and have disabilities, um, but there's also like a lot of providers that won't see them for various reasons. Maybe it's because they don't know how to accommodate and deal and care for the clients. Um, some of them just simply won't do that and that's their boundary. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Like, do you think some of that can be discriminatory in a way or? Um, certainly, but also at the same time, like it's better for the client to not, to not see what someone who's doesn't feel like they're capable of being able to provide a good experience for them. Um, you know, cause unfortunately not everyone is, is, equipped mentally or physically to to deal with the extra needs that a disabled client might have so like i mean i would say if if you're in that boat and you want you want to better yourself and learn more um just do research on i I literally will google like how to have sex with a person who has this like what are the best positions for them um what not to do with them and sex. Um, so it's just about knowledge. It's just about like learning what will make them the most comfortable and happiest. Totally. I mean, does that ever make you nervous in terms of like handling with care when you're unfamiliar with the disability that a client might have, or is that something that you might communicate to the client as well? Or how do you, how do you go about that? Um, I, I'm at this stage, I'm, I'm not really nervous anymore. Um, like I said, my longest standing client is someone with disability. He has muscular dystrophy. Um, he's been in a wheelchair for a very long time. He's very good at communicating exactly what he needs me to do at what time. Um, so at this stage in my journey, I'm very comfortable with, um, dealing with whatever I might need to deal with for them. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And then speaking about your your longest client, you mentioned you, you had a letter that you'd like to read out. I'd I love to hear yeah. that. I'd love to hear that, please. Yeah. So I, I think on the first podcast interview I ever did in, in 2020, he wrote a letter for me to read. So I asked him to write um, something. Um, I also asked him to write like a little introduction for him so we can know who who he is. Yeah, context. Um, yeah. So uh, he writes, he's been in, uh, he's been seeing sex workers for about 20 years. He's a middle-aged man with prog- a progressive neurological disability, with which leaves him unable to walk or stand and causes him to use a wheelchair for mobility. He has muscle weakness throughout his body, but full feeling and sensation. He has built a long and productive career as an executive and lives independently with the support of caregivers. He first reflected on his relationship with me as a client and a friend on on another podcast about three years ago. Um, And I read the letter from him during which he shared the impact that our sessions together have had on his understanding of his own holistic, sexual, and above all, empowered and fully actualized sense of self. Yeah, he's a great writer. (laughs) I love Um, that. That's so, so great to hear. Yeah, he's wonderful. Um, <laughs> so he says, uh, thank you for asking me to check in and reflect upon the arc of my relation or our relationship. Our relationship has been a truly remarkable one, lasting for nine years and counting. I think we both agree that nine years represents the longest client sex worker relationship that either of us ever had. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> Over these nine years, I think we'd both say that our relationship has consistently deepened in both the meeting and intimacy of our connection. For me, it remains one of the most significant, most deeply meaningful one in my life, most noticeably because Clover continues to help me discover aspects of myself, my sensuality, my identity that I couldn't have learned apart from her. I'm actually just reading this for the first time. I didn't read it before. (laughs) Oh my God, this is so sweet. Like, I feel like I'm getting teary. So sweet. Oh. Um, <laughs> genuine <of> time, reaction <laughs> I know uh, speaking of time it seems hard to believe that it's been three years since I first shared my reflection on the importance of my relationship with Clover in those three years we've seen each other a lot through a lot of changes the isolation of COVID losses of those we love and new relationships personal setbacks and victories while we're certainly not the first people in each other's lives that we think of when it comes to sharing life's developments, we always begin our time together by catching up on each other's lives. It helps us to pick up where we left off, feeling as though no time elapsed in between. As someone with a progressive illness, physically, it's been a challenging three years for me. They've brought changes to my health and physical abilities that have impacted all aspects of my life, including my sexual functionality. While these changes have been generally have generally been practically difficult to manage and somewhat demoralizing my sexual relationship with Clover has been a notable and joyful exception during over the course of our time together we've been very attuned and responsive to each other's bodies Clover in particular is a very intuitive lover it is like a sexual divining rod I love it I love it that's amazing Um, While I'm sure she noticed the changes in my body and my physical abilities over the past three years, she has never said anything. She's never had to. She simply made adjustments without any prompting, imperceptively repositioning herself here, subtly manipulating my body there, 
all in the spirit of meeting me where I am in terms of my sexual abilities. Quite frankly, I find her willingness and eagerness to make these unspoken, subtle, unsolicited, intuitive adjustments in and of itself very erotic. Among the physical changes I've experienced are changes in my circulation that have impacted my ability to sustain an erection without the assistance of desensitizing wipes. I only had to mention to her mention this to her once. Now, as a matter of course, completely unspoken, the wipes sit at our bedside and at critical moments without prompting or hesitating, Clover intuitively applies the wipes, empowering us to have the most mind-blowing climatic experiences I've ever encountered. While neither of us know where the next three years will take us, I've come to have great confidence and trust that we'll continue to grow and evolve together in our professional relationship and our friendship. At a time where everything seems to be changing, this understanding is a great source of comfort and peace. Oh my gosh. That is so sweet. And that is so lovely. I feel like I'm super teary. I don't know about you. I, yeah, yeah, you can't see it under the sparkles, but <laughs> <laughs> that was a beautiful letter. And and it's so rare sometimes that we um, especially on the podcast, like we don't often get to hear from the client perspective. Like I have brought clients on, but like it's so nice to hear how much of an impact that sex workers can make in in like clients' lives. It truly can make a difference. Yeah, because for him, uh, you know, I I'm I think I'm the only person he's getting sex from lately because he he used to see more providers, but like COVID. Uh, has made him really take a step back because you know the imp- the implications of how it could hurt his health. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's that's such a nice thing to say about you. And again, like the impact that sex workers have on people can be quite literally life changing. So that was, that was lovely. I, I think that's such a, a beautiful way to to end the sh- the episode today clover um so amazing like that it's just so nice to hear like you don't often get to hear like nice things sometimes from clients like <laughs> you yeah. just like to drag clients through the mud <laughs> not gonna lie about that <laughs> but there are no, some really good gems in there for sure yeah he's a really wonderful person um super super sweet uh he his job for a long time is has been helping students and now now children with um who also have disabilities um he's he's a really phenomenal person and i i'm so grateful to like have him in my life because he is like if i ever do need an ear or or just someone to sympathize with me you know, he he is there and he's happy to like He's just happy to see me, you know? He's just happy. Yeah, and he just gets it too. Like, he can really empathize with you on so many different levels, it sounds like. I hope he's listening, or I hope he does listen to this when it comes out. I bet he will. I bet he will. (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely bet he will. (laughs) That's lovely. (laughs) But, Clover, before I let you go, first of all, was there anything else that you want to mention before we close things out and we start plugging all your links and everything? (laughs) I think we 
got all yeah i think we got all the points we covered all the things we did it we did the thing i guess (laughs) one thing i will say i forgot to mention i have seen blind clients and when they bring their service dogs it's like it's so great because uh the the dog comes in you know and and the dog's in work mode so it's like very uh very um serious and then the yes. vest comes off, and then it's just like, oh my god, hi, how are you? Oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> and it's delightful. I I love service dogs. If you have a service dog, feel free to bring him. <laughs> and it's amazing. Um, I never even thought about that. <laughs> yeah, uh, this one in particular is a golden retriever. So yeah, you can imagine Aww. the the excitement as soon as the yes. vest comes off. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> like Clover, before I let you go, where can we all find you? Um, my website is clovertravels.co. Um, I'm also on many vids. I just signed up for loyal fans. I should be on Fansly soon as well. Uh, because I got banned from OnlyFans for selling videos. <sighs> what? That's so fucked up. I mean, you know, OnlyFans I, shit anyways. Like, have you seen yeah. all the news about OnlyFans lately? Oh my gosh, it's crazy. I know. It's uh, I mean, I kind of like. I was like, well, it's a long time coming, but I they they banned me for having a menu in my welcome message about the videos that I offer. Everything that was on OnlyFans already. Yeah. About the right? videos I offer and the price. I'm like, this is a website to sell videos, so I'm getting banned for selling videos. That okay. place is so backwards most of the yeah. time. I, it's not my boo. favorite platform. Yeah, boo, we no. don't like her. <laughs> you can't sit with us only fans. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This has been uh, delightful. Um, you're you're really lovely to talk so to. Oh, thank um, you. One more question, like too. Thank you. Are you also going on tour anywhere after mid-February as well that you also want to mention? Um, well, yes, I will be in Miami, um, February 14th to the 20th, and then I will be in Denver in March. Cool. I'm going to go see Madonna if she shows up. Oh, I know. I have my brother. (laughs) Um, he's, I'm in Vancouver. Her show is rescheduled for this month on the 21st, I think. Because, yeah, yes, hopefully she'll show up. We'll see. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> For everyone oh, else. Also, oh, yes. yes. Sorry. You can also Continue. find me on Twitter at Clover Squirts and on Instagram at a Clover Flower. Perfect. We'll plug all the links and they'll all be in the show notes if you haven't clicked on there already. Um, For everyone else that's listening at home or wherever you are right now, it is Stripped by Sia on all podcast platforms. Again, as mentioned, if you want to take the time to rate and uh, review, I would really love that because, again, it just enables more people to find the show um, because it is a really great resource, if I do say so myself, for, for a lot of people that are, you know, thinking about sex work as like a career and whatnot or just wanting to learn more information um if you want to subscribe to patreon it's patreon.com slash stripped by sia i'm on twitter slash x is stripped by sia on instagram stripped by sia podcast and if you would like to pitch yourself to be on the show you go to my website it's stripped by sia.com 
and you get to fill in the little contact form there uh, with your pitch. I would love to hear from y'all because we're starting season seven soon. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's new episodes every single Sunday, dropping at midnight Pacific Standard Time. And uh, I'll bring you another fabulous guest on for you all next Sunday. Thank you so much for joining me today, Clover. It was really great to chat with you today. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you for having me. Thank you. You're listening to Stripped by Sia, hosted, produced, and edited by Steph Sia, music by Ted D, graphic design by Maria Bellandarama, and photography by Ian Davern.